0: We don't have a, a script or anything,
1: do we? <laughs> no, no. That's been the hardest part for me. Is that you it don't was how care.
2: confused he said, you you looked when he said script was actually the, the <laughs> most painful <famous laughs> <of> thing. <event. laughs> when he
1: was like, we, "We we we don't edit. We don't have a plan." Right. It, it, no, it, and it's glorious. It was just hard for me at first.
0: Well, his other podcasts are all
1: political, so this is fun for him. Yeah, this is the one where I get to drink and swear, so I'm I'm happy.
2: In fairness, how you're not drinking
1: and swearing on your political podcast? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's before, before and after, it's just oh, not okay, during. Yeah, gotcha. Right.
0: Bye. Bye, bye. You ready? <laughs> we're already recording. I, well, I haven't even said anything about um, what we're doing. I should Should I do it? Oh, we
1: didn't actually. Uh, we didn't even. Uh, we actually are supposed to have a little bit of a script. Well, I forgot about that part.
0: For the for those who are listening already, because we'll probably have some of this before. It's beers with Nigel. Um, a show about beer and, and other stuff and other things depending on who you ask today or
1: which t-shirt you're looking at
0: yeah true today from across the pond the i don't even know how to describe her she's um a force of nature in the <laughs> beer community melissa cole all the way from are you in london i
1: don't know are you i am you? yeah yeah
2: i'm in london what and part uh, what southwest part? london and thank you for having me and thank you for such a lovely intro that's very sweet to you we have to stop uh, though you paused so long I was going like oh
0: my god <laughs> well, you know I just, again there's no script
1: <laughs> we, we did forget one important thing What's we need that? to pay homage to our benefactors
0: oh we do have great
1: a, and powerful
0: yeah we do have a dire
1: oil graphics
0: beers with Nigel is poured for you by dire oil graphics promotional products and design they cover your brand bumper to bumper with graphic design promo products and print See what dire oil graphics can build for you at direoil.com uh,
1: They are your unique partners. For promotional
0: them. items. They they prefer, they don't prefer, but they like to help breweries do their marketing and I think like prefer
1: that. is it. I, prefer look, if they can be your partner and drink your beer,
0: will they work? They're for, very happy. Will they barter for a beer? That's the question.
1: Uh, I'm not sure about that. We need to ask we, them. Need, a, we need to ask them that all important <laughs> question. Melissa's
0: like, no. <laughs> we need we need money.
1: <laughs> I think they want I think they want the money and the beer. Okay. It sounds good. But really, who in the right mind doesn't want money and beer?
0: There there you go. So again, Melissa Cole joins us today. Melissa, thank you very much. Uh, It's awesome. Um, You're one of my favorite people. One of my favorite stories is when two years ago when I went to London and how I met her was somebody (laughs) on Facebook on Beer Tasting KC was like, hey, you need to go to this bar called The Rake. And you need to ask for Melissa. And I didn't know who she was. And I'm like, Me? I'm gonna go find out who, who Melissa is so I go to the rake
2: <laughs> was, was it was it Brent or was it Boyce or was it Dana I know anyway yeah yeah, like, I, think but, yeah I think it was Brent
0: yeah I think it was Brent so I roll in there I'm like where's uh Melissa and then we got to talking and we became fast friends and they bought all my beers and there was a beer release going on and I met all these other brewers it was amazing and ever <laughs> since then I've just you know Extolled the virtue of who you are and what you do. So yeah, you
2: did. You did roll into into town couple. Was that was that a collab release that I was doing?
0: I think so. I think it was a beer you brewed with with somebody.
2: Was it the double one?
0: I think
3: so. Was
2: it, was it the one where I did? There was um. Uh, it was a Cornish brewery and uh yes. and, and a and a West Country, brewery. yeah, yes, um, yeah. That's uh, yeah. That was a that was a great because I had a film crew and everything with me. If you remember yeah. That? yeah, yeah, yeah. That must wow. he must have been just going. Who is this? <laughs> is this a film through
1: <laughs> the It was my mate Darren.
0: It made it made sense to me, so there, there was that.
1: You're lucky Hugh didn't have a camera going too. So that, that is true.
0: I do have a I do have a lovely picture of, of your hand putting a one of the local breweries here. There's a sticker on the pole in, in the rake. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. (laughs)
2: that, You know, it's the closest closest you're going to get to me round a pole, to be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody needs to see that.
1: (laughs) Could you have had a better homecoming? I mean, that was your first trip back in in how many years?
0: i had been 30 something years. So it was was crazy. And it's, you know, turned out like I tell everybody, it turned out to be a beer trip. Really? (laughs) I drank more beer.
1: What trip that you take does not turn out to be a beer trip? I mean, that's fair. (laughs)
2: what's the point in knowing all these people in the industry who know other people in the industry who know other people in the industry if you don't you know go and meet people all over the world
0: yeah exactly so if 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 people were going to ask who's melissa cole how would you describe yourself
2: um i guess a beer writer journalist um professional troublemaker (laughs) that goes with journalist i think i mean
1: speaking one to another
2: (laughs) yeah pretty much yeah um yeah, I get it's. I mean, that's what I do. I, 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 um, I sort of fell into this. Actually, I'm going to need a drink for this. You're going to need a drink to listen to this. <laughs> so there you go. So I'm drinking. Um, I've just literally just had this delivered. Actually, when when the door buzzer goes at sort of seven thirty at night, your heart kind of goes. <gasps> as it, comes, oh, it was a beer delivery, which is very sweet, and this nice. is really exciting because this is um, a collab between um, a brewery called Exhale up in Walthamstow in North London and Renegade Urban Winery. So this is their Bacchus Pills. So this has been, pretty sure it's been aged over skins. Uh, yep. So um, they've added some, there we go, 10% Bacchus pre-ferment. I'm sorry, I literally didn't even have time to look. Um, and then they've got some time over skins for some Wild yeast as well. So. It could be fantastic. It could be good It you sounds. Go it sounds amazing.
1: Okay, for, for the for the noob, what does what does over skins mean? Yeah,
2: he's um, so um, you literally put take the skins from the grapes, and you layer because they're, they're imbued with wild yeasts. You then put the beer over or on huh. skins. So, sounds, I mean, over here, it funny. could have a totally different beanie. So it's <laughs> like, well, that's a whole other industry. <laughs> that's a different podcast, that's I a, think. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a uh, skin contact, not, not just good for babies, also good for wine. Right. Uh,
1: <laughs> I, I think somebody that just made that. That smells sure. delicious.
0: Yeah, I can. Yeah. Just the, the head on that looks good. How is it?
2: Oh, strong work, lads. Nice. You get both you get both that you do get that sort of grapey sort of almost verjuice kind of thing as well as some of that sort of very slight tannic it's just a teeniest, tiniest bit bit of funk but you can still taste all the pills are underneath it as well that is good. that's 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 very cool that's awesome champagne flute you could feel really fancy <laughs> <laughs> hey it's all
0: about being fancy you know
2: yeah, so tiny
0: Hey, so so, so take <laughs> take us back. You have a, a varied yeah. career. How the hell yeah. did you get into beer? What what was your introduction to beer?
2: Um, so my introduction to good beer um, <laughs> was that's <laughs> fair. <laughs> that's fair. Um, uh, th- my introduction to good beer was actually uh, working at a pub when I was at university called the Old Black Bull in Preston, in Lancashire, um, and that was a real ale pub, so a car scale pub,
3: right? Um.
2: And I'd sort of been working there for a few weeks and then suddenly saw this and finally did a day shift and sort of saw this little lady sort of running about the place. And I was like, "Who the, why has she got buckets? What's happening? Why, why is she doing this a lot? What's going on? <laughs> um, and there weren't really any customers in and I was bored. Um, you know, I was doing a journalism course and I'm naturally very nosy. Um, <laughs> so uh, I asked her who she was and she said, I'm Pam. And I was like, oh my God, you're Pam. I've heard all about you. I didn't think you existed. It's like, you know, I heard all about you from Stan, who was a big front of house scouser, I uh, people from Liverpool. For if I need to need to need a, needs a, needs a uh, translation for their uh, big mullet and huge sovereign rings and gold bracelets and terrible shirts and um, That's, that and sounds so, like Liverpool, actually. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and so I'm very proud Evertonian. Um, and uh, so I was really intrigued. So I said, "What are you doing?" She said, "Well, I'm changing the beers. Should I look after the cellar?" I said, "All oh, right, okay, cool. What does that mean?" So then she showed me what, what it was to tap and vent and all this sort of stuff. And then she said, and then the good bit, you go, up, so let's try some. Would you like to try some? In like, my brain was going, I'm a student. Of course I want free booze. <laughs> um, and, uh, and she handed me this sort of really, really pale, like, like winter sunshine pale beer with this beautiful white frothy head. Um, and I it, and my well changed? my world absolutely fundamentally changed it's like what is that right oh that's uh that's a beer called rooster's cream it's from the wrong side of the pennines so the wrong side of the wrong side of the of the of the the foothills of uh of, of Lancashire um and yorkshire um so it's from yorkshire so wrong wrong side of the pennines for her um, but uh, it's truly astonishingly beautiful beer I just suddenly got this like huge fruity explosion of kind of like things like light cheese and raspberries and grapefruit and I was like what the fuck is happening <laughs> is a beer? beer is brown and flat and, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and dogs and what um, and yeah and then that was my eyes open so yeah um, I left the uh, uh, I left the old black ball with two things, um, one of which was uh, my love of beer, and the other one is the love of my life. I married their uh, youngest son. Oh, one wow! Mister Melissa. Wow! Uh, his mum and dad introduced, well, his mum in particular introduced me to beer.
0: Nice. Does he like beer?
2: Uh, yes.
0: Okay, good. You know,
2: <laughs> I think I mean,
1: that's a good question. I mean, because our it is last a good question. I, I, yeah, it is a I, good
2: question. And do you know what? I actually don't get asked it very often. <laughs> because I think people automatically assume that if are yeah. in the relationship, you'll like beer. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, our, our last guest, he, he brews beer, likes beer. His wife doesn't drink beer. Really? So, you know, it's totally possible. Not everybody oh, yeah. likes beer.
2: Yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. But uh, yeah, so that's that. So then I uh, cast around for a job. Um, ended up working in the temping department of the pub trade newspaper, and uh, I kept on sidling up to the editor every time he went out to have a cigarette, telling him I had a degree in journalism. <laughs> I got a degree in journalism. You know? I got a degree in journalism, you know. So I thought, Jesus Christ, can I be a journalist and write about pubs and booze?
0: Was that your master plan to do that to no, write about it? it was
2: absolutely, it came as a total shock to me. Nobody told me about this on my degree. God damn them! <laughs> I, remember, I remember, it passing passing through that uh, that that this was actually the second oldest newspaper in the country. But obviously, they were more focused on the oldest newspaper in the country. So, for you to learn about, um, and uh, and also you kind of think, well, that probably doesn't exist anymore—a a, a newspaper which the profits of which are designed to help the um, sick, poor, infirm, and, uh, and in trouble of the licensed trade. And it turns out, yes, actually it was. So I joined the then twice-a-week licensee and morning advertiser um, as a senior reporter, sorry, as a reporter, um, because another reporter went to cover a conference, never came back, <laughs> and, and allegedly was found held up with a stripper in the deepest arse end of North Wales.
1: <laughs> that's a great story.
0: And what was the name yeah. of this publication again?
2: <laughs> the li- it was then called the licensee and morning appetizer. The um, appetizer. So great- great- Advertiser.
3: Oh, I thought I
0: said appetizer. I was oh, like,
2: that'd be a great name for a for a <laughs>
0: publication. <laughs>
1: I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm gonna change the name of mine. <laughs> the appetizer.
2: Uh, hang on, so, that's an idea. So you <laughs> so
0: once you started doing that, when you started, they were like, well, how'd you get to start writing about beer? How'd that happen?
2: Well, it, it was part of the job um, in terms of so, but you were looking at it from a B2B perspective. So you were very much looking into the business of beer more than gotcha. you were looking into the, you know, gastronomic values or whatever you want to call it. Um, so really what what we were doing is we were really deep diving into things. like So at the time, not very long after I joined, actually, um, uh, what was then called um, uh, Interbrew, bought up, Whitbread, where uh, the brewing side of Whitbread
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, Interbrew became Inbev, right? Inbev became AB Inbev, right? Um, and they also made a very quick swoop for Bass at the same time as well. So they were huge stories, enormous stories, really consuming. Because what happened was that uh, um, we suddenly saw the dismantlement of a huge amount of the vertically integrated businesses that we had over here. So that was, um, so big, big brewery brands owning big pub estates. Um, right. And also in the case of Whitbread, for example, coffee chains and leisures and leisure centres and hotels. and oh, wow. all sorts. So, yes, yeah, so a huge. I mean, absolutely monolithic. Um, and suddenly they just went, Do you know what? This beer business, it doesn't make us enough money. And it's a bit of a pain in the arse. We've got logistics and ingredients and, oh, shareholders. <laughs> um, so they flogged it. Um, and then, really interestingly, Interpreet went came in. The dust hadn't settled. The ink hadn't dried on the Whitbread deal. Um, I'm going to say three weeks, maybe six. Um, and suddenly they were buying bass as well. And the whole country went, whoa, right. whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Um, so anyway, so they had to cherry pick some brands and get rid of this and get rid of that and do this and do that. Um, and that's how they ended up with some really serious historic brands that you now see over in the States. Um, I will call a facsimile of over in the States. <laughs> and that's just not <laughs> it just is what it is. Right. Um, but that's why, for example, you'll see Bass and Boddington's over in the States, and right. we don't see it at all over here now.
1: Right, right.
2: Oh, huh. they're, sorry, they're trying to resurrect Bass, but I don't think it's going so well.
1: So when you were when you were in when you were studying and you were a student, what what journalism did you think you were going to do? What, oh, was I was the, gonna, what was the I original was plan?
2: Eighty. I was going to be a war correspondent. I was like, <laughs> and, then, and then I met the miserable bastards who did the course, and it's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, not so much. So, no. oh, there is nothing like being being taught by bitter old men to knock ambition out of you. But anyway, here. <laughs> <laughs> um here we are um yeah i mean i've always uh, i did i did both um print and broadcast um and i still love both mediums i, I still do um quite a bit of work across radio mostly um and uh, do some tv every so often um but yeah it's just it, it's one of it's one of the things i love i it's Sort of, it's the in person. I think the things that I've done all the way through um, my education and also what I do per- personally. So, I've played musical instruments. I've played in concerts. I've been in debate societies. I've done theatre. I did. I grew up doing dance and gymnastics and all that kind of stuff. So, I'm very comfortable in front of an audience and and uh, and uh, doing talks and getting real interaction is is really my favorite thing that's that's interesting i think i probably could have boiled that down to well i I
0: told you she was a force of nature she does all the (laughs) all the things
1: that's interesting to me because you know look i'm i'm an old print guy and and i had great disdain for everything broadcast till about four years ago when i started podcasting
0: (laughs) and i'm a i'm a former broadcast guy and i hated i had disdain for the print people
1: so it worked out well that's why we're together it's it's, it's a good friend but you know I realized it took me, I had to learn a whole new style of interviewing when I started doing this. Yeah. Like it, it's a different process to get a story out of somebody.
2: The parallel processing you have to do when you're broadcasting is something that really, it, it, you can change your print head over because in, in reality, all it is, is a, it's filing copy in a really noisy newsroom.
1: Right. Um, <laughs> Which is every newsroom. Yeah
2: which is every newsroom um it's also by I have the worst language ever um but, uh, you know it, it,
1: that, it that's it, what it, makes it. you love it
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the language
1: yeah
2: you're able to say fuck you across the room at somebody and nobody yes. thinks anything of it it's great um so it, it, but it is it's just you've just got to switch your switch your mind to right, okay, I can hear what's going on. I know that he's he's just shouted, I've got 400 words less than I thought I had. Right, okay, I need to slash burn this, I need to do that. Oh, okay, I need to pick up that phone to make sure that I get that photograph, I'm still typing. I'm, you know, picture desk is shouting that they haven't got something and, you know, whatever it is, all of that parallel processing that you can still do and your fingers are still filing copy and writing that story. Is what you just have cry. to. You just have to. <laughs> I miss you that. To, you just have to. So you just. I've missed the smell of paper and ink. Um, <laughs> it's. Uh, you know. You just. You just have to switch that to. Okay, particularly if you've got somebody in your ear as well at the same time. Right. Um, right. So you just have to switch that to actually. You can parallel process <laughs> that. You have that skill. Otherwise, you would have gone bonkers in a newsroom. Um, you just need to find out how to how to then. You know parallel process that for the broadcast side and that's the bit and also you know keep all of this that's what you don't have to worry about when you're in print you know look
1: this is made for print i'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm...
2: this this is made for radio um so you know i, I just i just feel that, that you know everybody has those skills who who have worked in a newsroom but you do need to kind of understand that actually they're both incredibly difficult jobs Yeah. And it's just uh, that, unless you've done both of them, it's very difficult to understand the other.
0: Yeah. Uh, It's time for uh, mystery beer. One of the things we do on this show, we have this golf bag that was, might have been stolen from a golf course.
1: (laughs) Procured. Uh, (laughs)
0: Procured. We'd like to use that word. Uh, So, you know, Nick being fairly new to beer, I like to surprise him with. Oh, okay. This could be fun. I I
1: liked beer. I just never cared. Yeah. So,
0: mystery beer. So, you know, we keep it classy, brown paper bag. And he gets to open it and tell us what it is and gets to pour. So uh,
1: while
3: I'm
0: not
2: doing a this, thing should... in the UK. you what the brown paper bag thing, just not a thing in the UK.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> we should, you know, we should export back to you. <laughs> <laughs> while I'm doing this, do you want to tell junior what we're drinking right now?
0: Oh yeah. It's, yeah. So uh, junior is our, I guess he needs to know what we're drinking. We're drinking. Uh, so here in Kansas city, there's uh, well two female-owned breweries one is service um yeah. courtney service is awesome she does these great stouts this is a uh, oatmeal imperial porter uh, cinnamon roll so it's pretty tasty wow. so junior that's what we're drinking you're gonna have to get that you can get this beer Junior. you cannot get melissa's beer. sorry Junior. <laughs> so that's what we're drinking tonight. right now what did what did, what did you what pop did open here, sir? what did i
1: pulled out here
0: Good luck with that, because that that can the label is
1: there is a uh, um,
0: yeah. You need readers to read that shit. I Can't. got my glasses
1: on. <laughs> it's so tiny. That is should, uh, should, uh, churros con leche. They don't care for you, man. it's a milk stout with cinnamon sticks and coffee.
2: <laughs> okay, so rolling with a the theme this evening, then fellas. Right, uh,
1: you know, and and because we know we know that there are people uh, that care, John Bedoin. It's uh seven percent.
0: Okay, and what's the brewery?
1: Oh, oh better light here. <laughs> Churos Canleche is the name of the beer, but I don't know the brewery. Is are they on here somewhere? Yeah,
0: it's the M somewhere.
1: <laughs> a King Kona confection.
0: We'll put it in the description. What the hell?
1: <laughs> oh, there it is. Wait a minute. Even smaller print is the brand name. The smallest print on the can is the brand.
0: <laughs> Good branding.
1: <laughs> We're going to have to have a course in, in branding later. Yeah, I think so. You, okay. know, what they should, you um, know what they should call? What's that? Dire Oil Graphics.
0: Yeah, that's what they should do.
1: <laughs> Mart's um, Community Brewing.
0: Mart's Community Brewing. There you go. Right.
2: I could literally spend this entire podcast talking to you about <laughs> branding. I'm sorry, Excel. I love you. I love you. I love you. You're wonderful. But where do I see your brand on the front? Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you went know. from, you in, went in from
2: times who wants everybody to be opening up and going, Oh, who's that from? Yeah. Yeah. But, I, I mean, think, I don't want to do it anyway, but yeah, I think the I'm fancy thinking. label
0: thing is caught, you know, caught on kind of like wine. You know, sometimes you yeah. might just pick a beer just based based on, on the label, kind of like you might do that with a wine. Oh, look at that cool label. I'm going to go yeah. cry. <laughs> it might be shit, but it had a cool label.
1: I will <laughs> say this though, with the craft beer world, most of the time, the cool labels have been good beer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What's say you, Melissa?
2: Uh, uh, <laughs> no, she's no, disagreeing I, with I, me. I just realized sorry, Mum my, my Mum was messaging me. Um <laughs> Hello Mother. Just, like, Mum recording a podcast shut up. Um uh, which I wouldn't dare, she'd kill me. Um I, I, listen, it's it's absolutely horses to courses, right? You can have some of the most killer branding in the world, but frankly, it'd be a be as shit, you be shit. Yeah. I mean, yes, it will attract the hype kids, and yes, it will do this, and yes, it will do that, but it, it is not a lasting strategy. We've seen that time and time and time again. Building a strong core range is is probably about 75% of the, the successful parts. You are very, there aren't a lot of the reason why people kind of go, oh, to the trilliums and the tree houses right. and all these sorts of guys is that, yeah, no, they don't necessarily need a core, core That's range. a lot of cinnamon. But, oh, is that a little bit?
1: Are we are we tingling? That right? That's a lot
0: of cinnamon. I don't really get <laughs> cinnamon out of it, really. What is it? Is it is it, is it supposed, yeah. be, it's supposed to be milk style? Mm-hmm. Hmm.
2: I think it's a chur. Uh, it's a but it's a churros thing, isn't it? Yeah, I it's yeah, have the-
0: yeah, I can't say I'm a fan of it. It's alright. It's, it's alright.
1: It's, it's not a, it's it's it. Look. It's a pastry 19 cell. episodes in, we've had a lot of
2: different beers.
0: That's true, but I feel like I've got a halfway decent palate, and that didn't – it didn't – it's not bad. It just didn't do anything like, oh, that's
2: – Cinnamon's difficult.
1: Yes. Cinnamon
2: is really, really you, difficult.
1: Yes. Whether you're cooking or whatever, you can go yeah. too far
2: very yeah. easily with cinnamon. I was really um, – I got super nerdy in Beer Kitchen about the difference between um, – uh, difference between uh, salon cinnamon and cassia cinnamon so so if you're gonna make a chili for example get salon cinnamon it's not that sweet confectionery cinnamon roll duh, 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 duh. and the same with like, um, oregano or oregano um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, so you know sort of standard European um, oregano and Mexican oregano are two totally different plants right and they're not actually particularly interchangeable um, but, you know, so, so these sorts of things. Is that I think I think a lot of people who brew with spices and herbs and things like that—that's herbs with an H, by the way. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you a story about that in a minute. Why, why I always do that? Um, I, I don't think they actually—I un- don't think they understand what a lot of the time what they're actually dealing with in the first place. And I think that if you are going to um, uh, brew with spices and herbs, I think you should actually cook with them extensively first. Because you get an understanding of where their degradation level is, where actually they come up, whether it's and also do your research, are their oils, um, are they alcohol soluble? Are they water soluble? Do they need heat? Do they need basically the same processes? As um hops, do they need an isomerization process? You know, think look into the actual the same way you'd look into the science of your hops, look into the science of your spices. And A, for starters, you don't piss so much money up the fucking wall. And B, <laughs> you get a better result. So
0: you, so, so you hopped into the, the beer game, but you're also into the cooking game. You obviously decided I wanted to brew beer as well. Were yeah. you were you cooking before that? And did that translate to when it was time to brew beer or how, how'd that work? Yeah,
2: very much so, yeah. Um, well, actually, it was, it was a couple of different things really. Um, so going from going from just a, a, a trade writer and somebody who was very it was entirely self-taught um, up until I thought I probably should get some sort of qualification, I did my Cicerone, <laughs> my certified Cicerone four years ago, maybe five years ago, something like that. Um, I said, would be nice to have a qualification, wouldn't it? Let's do that. Oh, that's like a lot of hard work, can't be asked. Um, so, yeah, I um, mean, yeah, it's really good. It is really, really good. But it's a lot of, it's a, I, I really, I hate exams. I've always hated exams, exams bore me to tears. I just want to get in and get my hands dirty and learn that way. So right. I, I think it's a fantastic system. I really do. I highly recommend it to everybody, but it's just not for me. I'm not an exam person. Um and besides, I just have too many things going on all the time. Just sit down, and going right. I'm going to take five hours out of my week to right, right. To- <laughs> um, so, which is actually why I admire people. I really admire people who do. Um, so, yeah, I, I just thought, do you know what, I need to, I need to understand this better. So, I was very self-taught. So, I'm very, I'm a massive bookworm. I will grab hold of anything that I can get hold of. I mean, literally, sitting in front of me is everything from hot yeast, water, malt, to three sheets to the wind, to the complete joy of home brewing, tasting beer. You know, this is all up there in front of me, and in my office, and yeah. and and. and. Um, so you know, and, and and I just absorbed it all. And then I thought, well, there's there's just things that I just don't understand. Um, a lot of that is because I have dyscalculia, so I have the numeric version dyslexia. So it makes it really, really difficult for my that in particular I find things like OG um, and, and PG and all the all the things that, that, that you talk about and all those sorts of things and what you lose in temperature and what you gain in temperature, da, 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 da. What I needed to do was get was to repeatedly get my hands dirty right. in order to actually understand them in a practical sense. And then when the brain farts happen with the discount clear and the whole, and then the panic sets in and the embarrassment that comes with it, um, you know, it, it's it's an easy way, it's, it's a coping mechanism, but it's also an understanding and, and it's how I learn things. So going and brewing, then I realised, actually, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I, I thought, well, do you know what? Actually, I, I think I can bring some, at that time, people were just beginning to sort of slightly brew with spices and herbs and be inspired by, by a lot of the, um, the kind of, oh God, let's just say dicked around with saisons in particular that were coming, coming from across the pond um, and fruited IPAs and pale ales and things like that. And I thought, well, hang on a minute. I don't think people really understand what they're dealing with there because they just saw, you know, oh, this is massively popular. We're just going to brew it. And right. I was in, I, I was in <laughs> conversations with quite a few people about about brewing a beer together. And I said, well, actually, did you know that if you toast these peppercorns and coriander seeds before you brew with them, you'll get a much better result because actually it makes the oils more water soluble. Right. And then sort of, we actually were doing some test batches and we did a side by side and it turned out that we only needed 50% of the peppercorns and the coriander seeds that we were going to put in in the first place and all sorts of other things like that. You know, a toasting peel before you use it and putting in Putting in uh, using doing a long slow pasteurisation when you're going to put juice in a tank and just all things I knew from from cooking and, and right, from right. understanding things and making making simple cheeses or things like that so all of that kind of stuff really came into play um, and just really understanding taste and flavour and what works together and what doesn't um, and partly um, through a love of eating. And drinking um, and partly also from a love of actually of, of putting food and drink on the table for people I loved it in that.
0: what uh, what was the first thing you you brewed oh,
2: what was it? oh um it was a, <laughs> it, it was I was for a minute there god jesus christ that's it. Dementia setting in. Um, it was. Um, it was a. It was a bit. Actually, I, got, I was very lucky with the first people that I brewed with. Although one of the brewers might argue about that. Um, uh, it was I brewed at Thornbridge, um, which is a very very famous uh, craft brewery in in the UK. Some people would cut. So definitely. Well, I'd agree with them. It's definitely one of the OGs um, here of really making an impact. Um, if you um, so Jaipur. Is their IPA? Uh, Jaipur is kind of like the 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 godfather of of things like Brewdog and all the other all the other big sort of American style beers that came out of the UK. They in turn were in, were inspired by uh, a guy called Dave Wickett, who had a brewery sadly passed away now, a brewery called Kelham Island, which is still going, which is actually my second epiphany beer. Uh, Kellam Island Pale Rider um and he in turn also was mates with a guy called Sean Franklin um who actually made the made the beer that was my original epiphany beer the Reese's Cream uh so I brewed for those guys it was um it was a very low ABV cask beer blondish um very simple the the hops that we use don't exist anymore um they were a hedgerow experimental um and uh yeah I mean we sold it was a 3.7% blondish pale ale we sold a cask of it in something like 13 minutes or something like that it went down the storm <laughs> um mostly because I was shitting myself and I asked what made to come to the launch. uh but you know um but yes I mean and I learned I learned straight away because actually the the brewer because the guys knew I didn't know what I was doing and I thought I was going to brew a pale ale and I didn't recognize what a grist was properly and da, 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 even though I'd read about it again my brain operates better by learning by right. getting hands on by doing it. yeah, um, yeah I, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I did, it wasn't, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't hideous. Um, but I was also very conscious that because I'd already had to have lots of fights as, as a woman trying to establish herself as a beer writer in the UK, cause there weren't any women beer writers in the UK at the time. Um, I was probably a little over-defensive and over prickly at the time, which is understandable. But it did, did end up in a couple of very funny things, and and this was particularly one of them. So my first brew day, and it's uh, mashing out time, so it's the big physical bit, right? And the and the uh, and the because uh, obviously they what they'd done is they'd set the mill the night before, so there'd been no lugging of the lugging of the malt sacks previously. So I like right and, and Matt god bless him the big very, very big unit brewery very very tall bloke very broad burly as hell um and it's like no no it's really difficult to get out there it's like I'm fine i will get. it's fine and then I did I sort of looked at everything and just went this is all Heath Robinson shit isn't it I mean you have to bear in mind that Thornbridge is actually the original brewery was built in an outhouse of a state of an old stately home, which had gone private. So this place is nuts, right? This place, it's, it's, this is all cobbled together and things. It's its really weird. It's got like state of the art laboratory equipment, rickety-ass brew kit, amazing <laughs> mentors. It's just like, like big statues and ponds everywhere uh, uh you know <laughs> acres of grounds. oh look there's a deer um you know the whole place man um and uh, and so he sort of goes all then right, fine melissa fine 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 but i need to tell you right and he went through this this checklist so you need to get up the stepladder you need to stand at the top. Don't worry about the slightly wobbly leg. I'll hold it. <laughs> then you need to, so I'm up the top and it is wobbly. And it is, it is a, you know, this is like, I'm, I'm now kind of like a story up, shall we say. Um, I then have to, then he says, right, what you need to do now is grab that pipe. No, not that one. That's a hot one. Just grab it. <laughs> that one. And then he said, and then what you need to do is you need to get your leg over, girl. I'm like, easy fella. Um and, and then you need to drop down inside.
1: I I feel like I'm getting ready to watch Strange Brew again.
2: <laughs> oh god. Um, and, uh, uh, and so anyway so then I tried with absolutely no understanding of the fact that I really should have made sure that I had like really long wellies on not shorter wellies and yeah I got Boots full of hot malt, and I'm determined not to make a peep. And anyway, so Matt opens the manway, and all I can see is it looks like he's put a malt sack all the way over the over the manway, and I've got the shovel in my hand. And this is like one of those big snow shovels. This is not a mucking about shovel. This is a big right. snow. So, of course, I'm determined that I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to keep him hanging around any month longer than he needs to be, and... Because you know we're coming up to lunchtime now. It's important. Somebody's gone down the local local bakery to get the get the sandwiches. So I start shovelling. I'm just like boom, 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 boom. And suddenly I hear ow, 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 ow. And I was like, what is good? So I stopped shovelling and kind of do that whole over the top <laughs> of the mash tun. Oh, you know that bag I thought was covering the whole of the manway no it was covering half the bandway and then there was Matt's face festival oh <laughs> brew day there four big enormous snow shovel shovels of hot mold oh, yeah. right into that poor bastard's face
0: <laughs> that's awesome I'm sure he remembers that as, as well as you
1: do he, 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 may,
2: he may he may message me every year On its anniversary. Hey, remember that time? (laughs) Remember that time when you tried to give me third degree burns in my (laughs)
0: face? Tell us about your, you're obviously an accomplished author. Tell us about your books. Oh. I know you have several books that are out there.
2: I do I mean I, I, I've got a pile of them somewhere I'm sure I, I, I'm, I, at some point or another I keep on going I must position these properly um yeah I, I'm I, I'm terrible at my own PR it's a journalist thing though isn't it yes it is isn't it no exactly. no, it totally it
1: totally is we do not want to have to tell people about our own no success, no so.
2: no too, too.
1: they should know but we don't want to tell them
2: <laughs> no well, they, yes absolutely well duh. they should just know <laughs> See my fucking byline on these? Anyway, I was <laughs> neglected. Um, yeah, so uh, first book, let me tell you about beer. Um, still immensely proud of that. I think it's uh, eight or nine years old now. Um, I wanted to write a real genuine primer uh, for people who wanted to learn in a way that wasn't jargony my biggest my most like enormous I I want to kill you frustration throughout all of my my trying to learn for myself and penetrate the world of beer writing also I'm sure exactly a lot of things that people find with wine is that it is so jargon ridden and we don't even call it out we, I, I mean i'm still calling brewers out these days i'm still like seriously guys what does hoppy and malty mean
0: fair go on that's fair yeah tell
2: me tell me i dare you i double dare you motherfucker you tell me exactly <laughs> right pin down exactly what that means yeah. yeah because for starters i mean the hoppy thing really drives me up the wall Separately, uh, no, at the same time, no, no, at the same time. Give me one word each of you when I say one, two, three, go. I want you to give me one words that you think of when somebody says hoppy One, two, three, go.
1: Bitter. Yeah, bitter. That's exactly where I was. So you going.
2: know, you were supposed to say it at the same time, and that's. Oh, the I thing <laughs> You'd
1: be, yeah, I was trying did, to figure out like, how went, am I going to say?
2: It? Went, oh my god, the beer guy's going to say something, and then I don't want to say something. <laughs>
1: Like, like I <laughs> I, normally I'd say I'd say that's true but I'm not worried I'm not worried about looking bad around Nigel.
2: <laughs> yeah but seriously so so you're saying bitter. Do you know what if you say to somebody that that's a really hoppy NEIPA they'll go yeah mate it's real hoppy.
1: Yeah. The, the other word that came to mind was citrusy.
2: Citrusy. There we go. So what that about was, centennial that was- that's effectively all geraniums and roses and geraniums? No I have and-
1: no idea what you're talking
2: about. <laughs> yeah exactly so but, but there we go but centennial hop like one of the one of the C's, one of the classic american hops that people will just go centennial it's like packed full of rosy geranium notes you have things now that smell like cat piss <laughs> frankly let's not let's not kid ourselves I like cat. you've got things that smell like sauvignon blanc we mm-hmm. have got hops that smell like sauvignon blanc if you the minute you Think that dumbing it down is telling pe- is giving people touchstones, like a raspberry, like a cherry, a cherry lambic tastes like those sweets you had when you were a kid. Do you do, do you guys get cherry drops over there? I, I mm-hmm. guess um, uh, lifesavers or yeah. Um, yeah, 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 stuff like that. The minute you don't, you don't feel that you can turn around and just go, that's got a touch of, just a touch of a cherry lifesaver. If you think that that's somehow like, demeaning to your product, you're not. You're just a patronizing son of a bitch to the <laughs> to your audience.
1: <laughs> well, that's why I think you, you said dumbing down. Is it really dumbing down? Or are, I look at it more as kind of the, it's dudes. It's around here. We say old white men trying to sound better or smarter than they actually are. Hmm. What, is it, I mean, is that the beer way of mansplaining? On some level, I think that is actually. I mean, we'll be here for a I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to sit down
2: with my legs spread
1: wide and tell you little lady why this beer tastes happy.
2: Did, did you did you just literally brace yourself for a moment there because I was quiet to that was a real physical fuck go going. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to Explain the mansplaining. Like, uh, Nigel, did you did you not explain the scary British woman was coming on as a guest? I
0: never, I never described you as scary. So there's that. <laughs> I, have,
1: I, can't I can't think you might have said very British.
2: <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I, I'm. I am, and I'm not.
1: <laughs> I have no basis to know even what that means.
0: Th- there you go. <laughs> so, what are the other books? Give us the other books.
2: Uh, so then I had a break um and then i got approached by my current publishing company who i love um and we wrote the little Book of craft beer and that was a little thinking oh actually i do have one of those in front of me there we go one second so yeah there we are so look of craft beer
3: cool. um
2: it's actually i think we've run four or five print runs of this and i think it's Kind of done its turn there's still plenty of i know there's still plenty in the us um and uh what we wanted to do was really make it fun but not you know again not not dumbing down there was um you know there are raw ingredients as beer and food matching tenets. you know kept really snappy um and as you can see it's quite pretty it's got lots of lots of lovely beautiful illustrations inside of it and it's got nice bright colors yeah. and things like that. But also what we wanted to do was do some stuff like that. So, right. um, nice. so we've got some little recipes and then some cocktails, some beer based cocktails and beer based recipes in there. So, you know, just, just to, to just give people a bit, bit wider scope about what beer can be and, and just really ease them in, in what is a very friendly format. Right. Um, and because it is one of those sort of impulse purchases, it's it's um it's like nine ninety nine over here. So I think it, I think it was retailing at, at something like twelve ninety nine over there,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um in dollars. And so it's about it's about that sort of grab and go. Oh my buddy loves beer. But right. Making sure that it's not it's not like dumbed down and stupid. Christmas you know, is coming, some Nick. Extensive stuff in there. I'll then get one for I'll get
0: one for get one for, uh, for him for Christmas.
2: <laughs> oh shucks!
1: <laughs> and I'm not going to get you a thing. That's
0: fine.
2: <laughs> you, you know, you know, he's actually just contacting my publishers to get the free one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, and then I wrote the beer kitchen, which was um, God, the hardest thing I think I've ever done. Um, so, writing a cookbook is not easy at all. Ooh, it is so hard. Um, I'm not a professional chef. I'm a home cook. I mean, I've been doing this for years. I've been doing cooking with beer demos for years, but it doesn't compare to the attention to detail mm-hmm. and the crushing realization of how many errors you've missed in your own book. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it, it makes it makes it makes the the only thing that's ever come close is sending a whole magazine to bed and realizing that I'd misspelled. The, whole, the biggest word in the headline. Um, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. I'm curious that you
1: say it's it's so hard. A, a because I feel like everybody says, I want to write a cookbook, right? And I don't think they realize how hard it is. And then I, a long time ago, I used to do a food column. Right. And and it is hard. And and that's when, something too, like, you know, in the back of your head, that's the one thing, more than any other thing of writing, I didn't want to screw up because you knew what was coming Ooh. if you messed up.
2: Oh yeah, they come for you. <laughs> oh, they come for you hard
1: it's like it's like moving the crossword in your local paper <laughs>
2: don't, move <the> <laughs> don't move the bodies um yeah yeah it's <laughs> um but no i mean unbelievably I'm, I'm so so proud of what i've done i think um i approached it from a, a a very scientific um sort of bent again talking about sort of the things i was talking about it's like how do i if i'm going to use beer in cooking how do i how do i reverse engineer the beer the brewing process in order to make sure that i'm using the right beer if that makes sense so why for example one of the things i think people don't think about enough when they're making a stout for example like a excuse me, uh, a not traditional sound. I'm sorry, Nigel, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't do the expressive burp thing. I know it's, I know
0: it's hard. We're, it you know, we're taught hard. not to do it. it so. so that's fine. Um, we knew you uh, did.
2: So I am, I am doing the. Good
3: Every
0: job. Before, yeah. Good job.
3: <laughs>
2: um, so um, I just think that, that you know, I, I reverse engineered it. I was looking about where beer could actually be useful, genuinely useful in a recipe as opposed to just a gimmick. I'd rather people drank beer rather than just poured it in a dish with no for no result. Right, um, and I was genuinely, genuinely to the heart. Of this, God, my husband deserves any number of medals, but particularly for this one, um, is uh, um, I was, I was convinced that using a specific beer in the soaking of chickpeas to make properly good flat would really make a big difference to the end result <laughs> so because I was that determined to be really really rigorous about it I went in with 14 different beers and water as the control
1: <laughs> master chef <laughs> the, the, the things we'll do to try to make sure we're right <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's exactly what it is <laughs> Fuck okay, you, buddy. You can come in. I can show you my workings.
1: Uh, so, I've got so, documentation. Uh,
2: <laughs> so, yeah, I I have the receipts and the near divorce to prove it. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I I we did we did that. Um, I will literally never forget the little voice that just went, "Can we stop having all for a while, please?" <laughs> But by that point, we had narrowed it down to three different beers of water. So, you know, it's, 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 he, he, was allowed, he was allowed to relax with a falafel-shaped tummy, a giant falafel-shaped tummy. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you- For the first time, I think in two years, about six months ago, he went, can we have falafel, please? I was shocked. Sure
1: i gotta go to the store i gotta buy 15 beers <laughs>
0: i'll be back speaking of beer nick it's time for another mystery Uh-oh. beer so melissa when you started writing about beer yeah in england and being a woman was yeah. there was there some i'm guessing
2: i'm going to require alcohol and nicotine for this one carry on okay
0: right on what are you <laughs> drinking by the
3: way
2: uh, oh sorry funny enough as we come full circle to talk about when I started, this was the kind of, well, this style was probably the uh, kind of stuff that I wasn't enjoying. Um, so this is um, this is Marble Brewery, which is a Manchester brewery, again, a real OG craft brewery in the UK, which has gone through a real genesis of kind of being very localised and now being very loved all over the UK. Um, uh, so this is actually an ESB. Nice. Which I very know- nice. Which I know normally elicits nice, very I can, nice. I can,
0: I can, well, I can know I can tell what brewery it is, and if you know, ESPs, I mean, it's just one of those classics. If you know, yeah. they're they're good.
1: Yeah. Unless they're not good. They're always good, unless, unless
0: they're, they're not. Unless they're not.
2: <laughs> Fullers, Fuller's was uh, Fullers was the uh, genesis. I would put very strong money that that possibly they're using Fuller's yeast in this okay I would I would I would uh, I would guess (laughs) what you got there uh, Nick you know I'm sure I I, I should have checked with Joe in fairness first but uh, yeah no I I, I just got this today as well Um, so it was in a a box for a a charity beer festival that I'm doing a a cheese tasting for on Friday night so excited is it a virtual Um, cheese tasting
0: Hmm? is it a virtual cheese tasting
2: uh, no, it's a virtual beer tasting for a charity um, okay. beer festival. Gotcha. So gotcha. very cool. Um, so yeah, being a woman starting out in beer. Um, yeah, it sucked. But actually it was because um, of how I was treated that I did want to do what I do. Um, I was judging a beer competition and uh, when I was working on the pub trade paper, which I appreciate doesn't me qualified in any way, shape or form. But I'd done four or five and I'd been always sort of successively asked back to do them and actually the guy who had normally been the person who'd been asked had just turned around and said listen I'm in my 60s I haven't got the after the palette she has let her go and do all of these things um which was really sweet of him and he was lovely and I have no idea whether he's still alive or not he kind of dropped off the face of the earth he was a real mentor of mine a guy called Mike Benner sorry Mike Bennett sorry and um and so I was doing these beer competitions and I was really picking things up, but obviously I didn't know the technical terms because I was 18 months into doing this job and I hadn't really needed to learn all the brewing stuff yet. So I just literally was the opening opening beer of, of a day's judging and we'd gone straight into specialities and it was one beer um, and I just immediately went, oh my God, that absolutely reeks of rhubarb. I mean, that's really strong <laughs> it smells of rhubarb and the four old dudes on the table went, oh, oh like real in mean, Statler and Wardorf kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, 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 right. oh, oh, oh. And I was like, what? It reeks of river. Rub- How can you not smell the room? Oh, you know, women thinking this is wine. You need to go back to your your fair, darling, your fates, your, your your winter warmers. And <laughs> fucking smells of Anyway, it went on all day and I got to the point where I was like, right, okay. I'm either in the wrong job here because I'm, I'm, I was really thinking, do you know what? This is going to be it. This is what I want. Oh, damn, damn that's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> ooh, good work, lads. Um, and, and I just went, well, I need, I need to know what this beer is. I need to know what this beer is. Otherwise i can't judge myself against i can't rate myself against against my own performance and and so i went to the organizer he bought the beer out because it wasn't going to progress anywhere because you know statler Wardorf and the other cretin um I decided to laugh it off the table and it was actually a beer called ruddle's rhubarb
3: ah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah anyway so from there on in i sort of went Do you know what The way that they spoke to me, they used patronizing misogynistic language. It was clear that nobody else in the room was gonna stand up for me. It was clearly a boys club. And then when I looked round, I was not only at that time, the youngest easily by 20 years, there was a room full of 50 people and I was one of two women. Yeah. And I genuinely at that point went, fuck this. Right. I can, I can, I, I no, I'm not going to have, I don't want other people to feel like that. I don't want, I don't want just these assholes to be the voice of the industry where I was meeting women who were always pushing themselves to the back. Cause they were just like, Oh, I'm just the owner's wife. It's like, well, what do you do? I right. do the sales. I do the marketing. I right. do the, this, yeah. I do the, that. Oh, and every so often I jump in and do some of the brewing. It's like, well, you're not just the owner's wife, are you?
1: Right. right.
2: So Has that ratio changed yeah. over the years? Oh, yeah. Huge. Um, Do you know what? One of the things that I know, and it still doesn't sit comfortably with me, um, but it's something that I force myself to do. One of the things we're worst at as women is to acknowledge our achievements. And I can absolutely tell you that I know that, that having been told to my face by, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 young, young, early 30s and below women in the industry, they wouldn't be here if they hadn't read one of my books, been to one of my talks, seen my stance on social media of of absolutely, fuck you and your sexism and your racism and your bullshit. Fuck you. That doesn't fly. You get no pass from me. You do not. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Greg Cop making some Weird ass, rapey sounding statement, or whether you are some little tiny brewery in the arse end of nowhere who thinks it's okay to put a pair of pair of tits or somebody filleting Santa on a fucking pump clip. Yes, that has happened. <laughs> really? Um, yes, it was called Santa's sack just to make it extra classy. Um,
0: <laughs> Bloody hell! Yeah, no, you
3: don't.
2: Get, you don't get a buy on treating women like that. You don't get a buy on talking about right. the difference in palates and. And you don't get by on using using women like pit girl, pit lane girls, which are, by the way, Beth one has actually done away with because you know <laughs> twentieth 20th century. 20th century dude, right? 20, yeah. yeah, you know, it, and it's just a no, you don't get by. And I think that the the the, the That's good. knowing that there's somebody there who's going to have your back no matter what is incredibly important, whether. Whether it's a, you're a person of color, whether you're a woman, whether you are just whether you just feel different from the rest of society, let alone be treated differently by the rest of society, knowing that there is a there is a pathway that can be carved, whether it's whether it's that you want to or you feel represented by me or not, or whether you feel that somebody else who's seen that 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 you can just turn around and say fuck you, buddy. I don't care whether you think I belong here. Try and stop me.
3: Right.
0: How, so how is the,
2: the... That's the difference.
0: Yeah. How is the... Because, you know, we struggle here in the States, or at least in Kansas City area, with diversity in tap rooms. And in, I, I and think the,
1: you're fair to say the whole country.
0: Well, yeah, for the most part. You know, not a lot, not a lot of women, not a lot of uh, minorities. How was... How I know when I went, I seemed yeah. to see a lot of diversity in, in pubs. More than I saw here. What, what's your impression of what what England's like?
2: Uh, gender diversity is increasing massively. Um, certainly, I think I think if we look at particularly at tap rooms, tap rooms um, because they tend to be run by people who have that attitude and because you haven't you know obviously there's always going to be dickheads you can't help that but no, that's true I would say and you know I'm not I'm not giving it the whole all oh, beer people are good people which in my experience in the main they are but of course that's my experience and mm-hmm. I have a rather privileged position so um it's it is actually gender diversity is changed it has changed out of sight since I joined the industry, absolutely out of sight. You've got you've got women who are who are in their late twenties who are one step off the wrong of being the head brewer. Nice. Um, you know, they're they're graduates from Harriet Watts in 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 Edinburgh. You know, these 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 women are going out there and they are slaying it. Um, and you've got women who who are consulting for people like Steve Pox, for example who's one of the most amazing, who runs one of the most amazing brewing schools in the whole of the US. Um, and you, you see that, but we've, we've got such a long way to go with racial diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, the barriers I don't think are any different to the barriers in the US in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Um, it's, a, it's all about marketing, targeting, um, in the same way that the, the door was closed to women for so, so many decades, as that the beer was all about the boys and the ladies went off and had the spritzes and girls night out and boys night out and that, and that whole kind of generations trying to find their own way of not immediately settling down, having children and marketeers very, very um, cleverly exploiting that. Um, a lot of it was also actually, particularly for women, it was about um, when, when the roles were went back to traditional kind of stay at home mum and, and working dad, there was a real pushback on sharing spaces that were traditionally male, particularly when women started having their own financial independence, and that caused a lot of problems. And I think that's the other problem as well, is that, uh, you know, there's the old adage, isn't it? It's not a fucking pie if somebody has a bit of it the pie just gets bigger they don't take right. your fucking slice right. it's just a bigger pie right um yeah, and that's, yeah I diversity think that's is not much, a
1: it's not a zero-sum game
2: no it's not no and and also it's not it, it, it there are i think if, if actually if um please forgive me obviously it's a bit patronizing to proselytize on your elections but I, I, feel find it really, I feel really quite entertaining in a lot of ways, it, it, not entertaining, I find it sardonically amusing that people are very surprised that actually um, Trump has picked up um, a, a larger amount of the Black vote. And the inherent racism of considering the whole of the Black community as a homogenous mass actually misses out the fact that that people are allowed to have different views even if they have the same fucking skin color. Um, And it's, it's this idea that actually the same sort of selfishness that sees generations after generations of old white dudes and quite often by default their wives because they're financially dependent and that's what they're told. And that's what's best for us and so on and so forth. If you think that pulling up the ladder behind you is a solely white male thing, A, you've clearly never worked with women and B, you are just saying that actually being a selfish prick is a solely white thing. And actually I let the entire human fucking race allow themselves to be selfish. (laughs) And because actually, do you know what, when you're successful, and that's the thing is it's a, the the great thing and the great part of the american dream is isn't it isn't it you're all supposed to be allowed to be successful right well it should also allow you to actually say "Fuck you this guy's gonna be better for me not paying tax
3: Fair. and with
2: the with the generations of you know, black americans who have become extremely successful over particularly the last two to three generations right right we're
1: only about two generations in of black american millionaires right, right. I mean,
2: yeah. if that, if that is that what we're about two? What are we calling a generation?
1: <laughs> that's a good question. Well,
2: uh, that's tough to describe,
0: if, right? If because you, if, you say, if you say a hundred years is a the generation, then
2: so no, sorry, 20, 25 years is, is is the normal. Is that twenty-five of... years oh, okay. for a
1: generation? So Okay. I was going right. I was thinking I was thinking the 50 to 80 range, but yeah, okay. I'm
2: thinking, thinking, cool. I'm yeah. So I'm I'm thinking that's why I said two three because I'm right. I know the discalculator is bad, but
1: like me mean math you know,
2: dumb. <laughs> but yeah, mean math very dumb. Um so you know I, I think that the idea and again there's this whole homogeneous mass of this idea that that marketing to people as a whole now is really very much going out of the window. And yeah. it's why for example the amazing um the amazing work that uh, craft culture is doing and and other other folks who are just you know really embedded in saying do you know what we're just going to take the big right sponsor us we're just going to just give us just give us the cases we're going to go out we're going to throw parties we're going to meet people where they live Yep. and that's the most one of the most important things that that um I've had real conversations with people about who have been opening venues in places, which uh, they're just going, Oh, but it's going to be gentrified. It's like, yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: there's that. You right.
2: know that basically just means shitting on the poor people. around right. you, No matter what, what race or or, or, right. gender or whatever, whatever socioeconomic class, well, the socioeconomic class can to get a shit on is the one below you. Right. So well, a, you
1: know, the basis of all racism is always yeah. economics, right? Yeah, it's exactly. always, always. It's I, I got mine. Well, yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. So even, even if you did the work for you
0: to get yours, even right. if I did the work for you to get yours, it's right. still yours,
1: right? But I mean, <laughs> but but I mean, that's the reality of it, right? right. Oh no, shit! Yeah. I mean, I yeah. mean, for all of the wonderful things we can say about capitalism and making the country that we have,
0: no, you got to fuck somebody to you got to fuck somebody <laughs> to get it, and. Or over, fuck him over, not fuck him. You know what I'm
3: saying? <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> I see your face.
2: Have you, have, you, have you seen the wife in the, in the White House? Anyway. <laughs> By the
1: way, <laughs> she's, she's clearly becoming one of my favorites. Yes. Um, what are we <laughs>
0: drinking, Nick, before, before we move on?
1: This is uh, Toppling Goliath Brewing Company. Scorpius Morcella. Oh, it's a double like IPA.
0: It. Yeah, it's in Nebraska, I think,
1: and it's really good. Yeah, it's really uh, good. And, and after yeah, that overly really cinnamon, good. it's very refreshing. Yeah,
0: after the cinnamon, we yeah, we ran away from that shit. So <laughs> it wasn't bad. It just wasn't for me.
1: <laughs> I think that's the best
0: way to put it.
2: Well, I think, well you know, to be honest, if you want if you want to drink a churros, then
0: yeah. So I want like to I, I, I want to talk about how you became a Cicerone and that, and that process. But before we get to that, I kind of want to. I'm interested, Julie, really just for my fucking benefit you obviously have a really good palate and I've, I've ch- I've been a judge at, at, and, I, and I, and I find that we talked about, you know, your book, you know, trying to, are you dumbing it down? What are you doing? People can be really snooty when it comes to judging beers. Yeah.
2: They can <laughs> be at the fucking table.
0: <laughs> and I'm wondering as you go in and you're chasing a beer, what's your process? You know, cause again, you know, you got the buzzwords, it's malty, it's, it's hoppy. It's, Citru- you know, I mean, wh- wh- how do you go into it when you're like, I've got this beer, what the hell is it?
2: Um, right. I go into it knowing that I have um, a slight weakness on sulfur. So,
1: how do you know that? How do you become self aware <laughs> of the fact you have a weakness to sulfur?
2: <laughs> because what I've done is I've done a full palette, spe- uh, what I've done is I've done a full, pa- uh, done a full spectrum of flavor training. Oh, okay. So because a lot of UK beers come with very heavy burtonization, so very heavy gypsum, sulphurous notes to them, when you drink a lot of UK beers, and particularly cask beer, that, that can become quite prevalent. It can be actually quite unpleasant at times. There literally can be some that people go, oh, this is a great one." It's like, dude, something's farted in my glass. Um <laughs> is that actually you do have a tolerance for it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I know my um, like head brewers of major, multinational, enormous companies who are totally diacetyl blind. Right. Um, there, I know some people who wouldn't be able to smell butyric, for example. One of the things that I've noticed big time, and actually this is what prompted me to do this full spectrum tasting. This testing, was um I was judging with uh, somebody I've known for years and years and years and him and his partner had a newborn baby. And I had a beer that to me reeked of butyric, which is sick. It's the butyric acid is the acid in vomit. It's that it's that one that, you know, that God awful smell that you get off of pre grated parmesan cheese.
1: right
2: (laughs) yeah that
1: we all know Um, that smell
2: yeah so but I guarantee if you put if you put that anywhere near any of your friends who have just had a newborn baby they'll just go "Hmm." right so you, you what you do is you understand a what your weaknesses are b how potentially um environmental weaknesses can creep in um and c sometimes you just have to play ball Sometimes you just have to realise that actually you're having a shitty off day or all of your strengths are in play on a table and everybody's weaknesses are in play on a table. And unless you really feel like turning the Titanic, like you really <laughs> want to turn the train around. I, I, I quite frequently do. When I feel very, very passionately about beer, I will I will calmly but forcefully really say, right guys, have you picked up this in it? Have you picked up that in it? No. Can you go back to it? Is your sample colder? It's about understanding everything that happens at the table. But also, even as a newbie, when when you stop and you listen, also when you have input and stop and ask people what they mean by that, If they cannot answer what they mean by throwing a word around the place, then frankly, (laughs) yeah, what do you mean by hoppy? Do you mean, do you mean, is it, see, is it floral? Is it, I need a bit of help here because I'm new at the table. Mm -hmm. If they go, (laughs) they're fucking bullshitters. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: So how collaborative is the judging table? I mean, that's, that's, that's interesting to me.
2: Yeah. Just fuck them. Ignore them. Right, you're, you're, every time you approach a judging table, there's two things. One of which you have a responsibility to be really honest, and whether that's just that you're a bit bunged up that day, you've got allergies, you're in a bad mood. Um, hormonal, that can genuinely make a difference as well, and I mean that without, without any form of, of, of slight, um, which, by the way, can happen to fellas just on a much longer cycle. Um, all of these things can come into play. Um, whether you didn't think and all ordered stupidly spicy food last night, and you still got a bit of, you're know, still just going, nobody, <laughs> you know. Be honest, be honest about that. to say, look, guys, I've really fucked up, but I'm going to play my part as much as possible. But I probably shouldn't be a deciding vote today, or you know, I've got allergies. You approach a judging table with honesty, with integrity. But also with eyes wide open because I have sat at tables with such gigantic fucking bullshitters. I just can't I'm just like, wow, how do you I see your name on rosters all over the world? How? Oh yeah, old oh, Boys Network. I remember.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, translate going from that to obviously you became a sister owned. you know maybe at some point I'll do it but it looks pretty damn daunting how how what was that process like
2: you know what I think because you because you you work at the sharp end of things where whereas I you know try to fanny about behind it behind a keyboard a lot more um is that uh you'll actually you certified you will be in a much better space because I assume you understand dispense Hmm. because frankly, it's something that I have, I have literally, I learned what I needed to learn from my exam. And then I just went, oh, delete. <laughs> you go into places, they go, Melissa, oh, hi guys, how are you doing? Oh, terrible. I've got a problem with my cousin. Oh yeah, I don't know anything about sellers. <laughs> Nothing. Interesting. Yeah, a, lot of, a lot of it's about a sense. A lot of it's around, um, no, it's around great history and understanding styles right. and things like that. I think the stylistic thing is probably the most challenging. They're doing a really good job at adapting, as well as they can, for, but without throwing the baby out with the bathwater and moving away from, um, moving away from like the the solidity of the styles that need to. Stay grounded in order, in order for us to find frames of reference. Um, but you've got a real problem because, as beautiful as this is, there's a there's a little there's a little new world twist on this ESB. It's not it's not full of ESB. Mm-hmm. But then again, full of ESB consistently gets um, feedback of uh, not not ESB enough. <laughs> so it's, it's finding the nailed on style so if you think that if you think you're going to go and take the cicerone and if you know it's unlikely to be ray but let's use ray as ray as the example if you think ray daniels is going to turn up and is going to put a full as the sb down in front of you to put you to blind taste and you've been tasting i don't know Elysian or whatever is just the first ESB that sprang to mind
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, it, it's not going to be the same right? it's using American hops it, it's going to fundamentally shift what it is that you're tasting and the other problem as well is, is that you guys just get such totally different versions of the beer because to be brutally honest with you bottled beers that are based on a cask version Mm. below six and a half percent they don't bottle and they sure as shit don't travel you can do the best you can yeah but I I mean I've I've known this I've tried them I've tried them overseas but one of my favorite things in the world is for when particularly sort of the first and second wave of American craft brewers come in and because I live at the same end of town as Fuller's pretty much straight down the motorway straight down the highway from Heathrow you hit fullers they get off a red eye flight they get there at 6am in the morning and they're like "Hello, please go to- right just do you- right, did you fly business good you've got access to a shower go and have a shower you skanky bastards um go and have a shower Like, just at least get something to eat in the airport. I know it'll be shit, but I had breakfast on the plane. Really? Why? Why would you have breakfast? (laughs) I was like, I want to go to the brewery. It's like, dude, it's it's 7 o'clock in the fucking morning. I'm not meeting you at a brewery now. Chill, have a coffee, get your shit together. We'll meet for the brewery tour at 10 o'clock. Like we said, bye, I want to go to the brewery. Yeah,
1: 8 o'clock is for
2: bourbon. 10 o'clock is only if you're seeing it from the other side, then that's totally acceptable. Um, so yeah, so it's it's kind of you know, it, it's and then you see their eyes and their face and that beatific moment when they just go, Here's me. <laughs> and it's lovely, it's lovely. I love, I didn't, I didn't look,
0: I didn't look for that experience it. when I came. I just, it had been so long, exactly. I. I just, I just whatever showed up just, you know, I really, I, it was really a very karmic beer trip for me. <laughs> I mean, I met you, I en- ended up going to kill the cat on, uh, on, Oh uh, yeah. and there, there was a, that's a bar, right? Well, yes. I, th-
1: <laughs> I mean, you're not actually killing cats.
0: Well, well, I <laughs> thought it was, I thought it was a tap room. It was It's pretty much a bottle shop and mm-hmm. there was a, there was a beer release going on there and it was just, it was, yeah. I, I just kind of knocked about and really didn't care what happened. And it was, it was amazing. So, so, you know, when I came to the rake, obviously the rake has your new concept. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah. Well, just out the back. uh, So the lads very kindly, um, the lads who own it, Mike and Rich, um, who have been um, two of my best friends for more years than they deserve. Um, And uh, there's uh, the very iconic borough market um, is where the, where the, is uh, so it, it's honestly easier just to be Google borough market there's so much history there it's it's ridiculous it's based around a cathedral it's I think the it's been there a thousand years from inception or something like that um, it's truly a remarkable place um, and just recently they've um, developed some kind of static market stalls is the easiest way I can describe it so it's effectively a, a metal box we got plumbing and electrics and counters and all this kind of stuff. Um, And uh, we were going to open it really probably, we're going to do a bit of a soft launch in December. And then we were going to open with the full concept in January. Um, But then coronavirus, pandemic- um, COVID ruins everything. There was a scheme called, um, which I'm sorry, I'm going to have to try and, I'm not going to be able to say it with a straight face. There was a scheme called eat out to help out over here. Uh, (laughs) Whoever, I still, I can't can't say it with a straight face. I just can't. I don't think you're supposed to. (laughs) So so yes, our our beloved sentient haystack of a leader. uh, yeah, I launched this thing called Eat Out to Help Out, um, which was about getting, uh, getting, getting. There was a, there was a, it was a, there was a VAT um, rebate and some tax rebate, and, and then people got some money off, and then, and the company, the, the businesses could redeem it, but it didn't apply to alcohol. So any venue that was entirely, um, again. <laughs> Got to eat out to help out, any venue that was entirely wet led um, was, uh, was getting screwed so <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally living up to the British stereotype I know, it's a little <laughs> carry on moment um, so don't worry, Benny Hill will appear any minute now in the background um, and uh, so so yeah, so any any wet led venues are absolutely getting fucked so because the rake is a beer bar you know, it's a crop beer bar it's like it's it's most oak cuisine is a packet of monster munch if you don't know what that is look it up um and uh, it comes in pickled onion flavor okay and roast beef so it is a snack and so i'm intrigued they needed they needed some they needed some enticement for people to come so we sort of rushed the opening and because it was it was end of september beginning of october we went with so a German thing. We were doing October Festy stuff. We were getting some amazing German craft beers in. Oh my God, they're expensive. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, some of them are really good, but um, and you know, it just really it was fun. But but we sort of got full bore at it, um, and then we sort of started doing sit down dinners, and we had things like Swabian noodles and big pretzels and dumplings and things like that. So so that's been really really good fun.
0: This is all um, your menu,
2: and yeah, no, it's not my menu. No, we 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 got somebody in to do the food because <laughs> you're like stupid. <laughs> well, we, well, the problem was so we didn't even have time to hire staff. It's like we're opening. It's like, oh,
1: <laughs> that's probably not in the manual of how to open a successful restaurant.
2: It's not really a restaurant. <laughs> I mean, it's called Matchbox for a reason.
1: <laughs> it's tiny.
0: Like a pop-up.
2: <laughs> I haven't, I should probably measure it's it. A I mean, it's a table. It's like, it, it is, it's, it, it can't be more than six meters by six meters.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, That's it's... not big. No, no. Well, actually, no, it's probably about five. By five. I, I reckon I could probably lie two of me down. Don't <laughs> wait, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm about one meter, eight, something. So yeah, so yeah, it's, it's tiny. Um, so it's, but it's great. It's exciting. It's fun. Yeah. i um, some amazing staff. I've really lucked out with, with some staff. Um, I've also obviously got, and, and I'm, it's not just me. Um, it is guys at the rake um, and there's a, another kind of floating partner um, Mark. Um, and we've got the support of the German deli who have been amazing. Um, we're just, you know, we're just sort of just going, right, okay, whew, right, that was crazy. Um, <laughs> can we decorate things now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we literally put it was like, oh, look, we've got pretty planters. Oh, look, we're closing down next week. Um, awesome. You know, all sorts of things like that. You know, just it was, but, but because the last place went bust, they walked out leaving kind of like everything. Wow. Um, so... Um, we got kind of lucky in that way and that the all like the the wooden cutlery was there all the all the things and bits and pieces and there were some pans and, and stuff there. Yeah, we we were we were in good shape from minute one. Um and Borough Market is very much a community and they're very supportive and it's amazing. Um but it's still just like what what's going on? And then the first Saturday when we got really hit, um yeah, I literally didn't know what had hit me. <laughs> I, I had to, I had to run round, um, and again, thank God, because the guys own the bar. They've also got um, a beer stand. Uh, they've got a, a, like an off license, a bottle shop, on the actual market. And I was actually running over, just going, John, 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 give me a case of lager. Give me fuck anything. What is it? I don't give a shit. Give me some fucking lager. We've just sold eight hundred fucking. We've sold three kegs, dude Three kegs in three hours. Just give me some fucking lager. I don't care. what what does it mean to be German? What do I look like? I give a fuck where it comes from.
3: <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Yeah. it's a great yeah. little area I, over I, there. I
2: bought him a couple of pints. So Apologise.
0: That's nice. That was nice of you. So as as we wrap this up, what's next for Melissa Cole? What's what's on the horizon for you post um, post COVID? Get out, get out, get out of quarantine first, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. There's that. Uh, speaking of Lager. Sorry, I just. Uh, oh, speaking of Lager. Actually, I've got my fabulous Lager t-shirt on. Oh no! Nice. Uh, there you go. <laughs> there we go was sent to me by the wonderful people at Lost and Grounded um so yeah so that's next so this is literally just come out
3: awesome nice. yeah.
0: where, can, where can people find that
2: uh you can find that on the website that's named after a big river in South America um and <laughs> you can find it at independent <laughs> that's um, oh.
0: yeah, oh. well played I'm gonna steal that
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um
2: yeah it's, it's um it's there's loads of um loads of indies I've seen actually there was um there was a bit of an accident it was supposed to be out in May and um I suddenly got tagged into something on Instagram about like April with a lovely lady at an independent bookstore going and this is coming out in May of <laughs> Oh, oh, oh shit. They accidentally released some of the stock. So you might have already seen some people might have already seen it. Um, but yeah, no, so it's, it's all it's um, it should be in, in in quite a few. Um normally makes it to Barnes and Noble. Um uh Italy are normally a very kind stock is actually, which is really sweet. Um yeah, so that uh, it's I don't I don't honestly know um where it is in the states. of definitely on Amazon. Um, as I said it's normally at Barnes and Noble Um, I know places like Book Bar and stuff like that normally stop myself in Denver and and Colorado Uh, Casey I'm afraid I don't know but I'm sure I can find it
0: we we
1: have bookstores here so we have have Amazon and and we also have the the river of of ordering
2: Yeah, well I mean obviously I'd be if there's there's any indie bookshop um, owners uh, listening it's published by Hardy Grant Um, so obviously the the joy of, of having loads of amazing breweries in KC is also right, that, you know, hopefully so. you'll have a lot of beer lovers and it might be worth stocking. Um, so I'd, I'd much rather people went to an indie, indie game. Yeah. And, if,
1: um, if people want to follow you on, on the social medias, how can they find you?
2: Well, you know, bon chance. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's at Melissa Cole on Twitter and it's at Melissa Cole beer on Facebook and Instagram. Nice.
1: She's a great Twitter follow. Uh, follow I, by the way, I, I, I'm getting that impression that this is going to be a fun, a fun follow for me to add.
0: Where can I find us, Nick?
1: You can yeah. find us on your favorite podcast apps. You can find us on Twitter at Beers with Nigel on Facebook, Beers with Nigel, and we are brought to the good people by Dire Oil Graphics. Shout out to Dire Oil Graphics always. Oh, and 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 a shout out to
2: Junior.
0: Junior. Yeah, we got your beers, man. We got. I
2: did make clear that this was Marble ESB, right?
0: Just, yeah. Just, just, <laughs> uh, tell, tell Junior hello.
2: Hello, Junior.
1: <laughs> He's gonna be thrilled. You, the, you, you have no you idea. Just made his twenty
2: twenty. <laughs> hey, listen. Do not, do not take the. I've, I've got some lovely, consistent, wonderful people who come to my talks. And I tell you what when they don't turn up you, you might you might just go oh, I'm gonna have to have a, have the same old chat with so-and-so for this one but you tell you what you shit yourself when they're not there <laughs> it's easy it's easy to take it's easy to take the Mickey but I tell you what it's that whole thing isn't it that so you don't if, you, if you're nice people on the way up they'll be kind to you on the way down
0: there you go <laughs> there we go Melissa. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure and an honor. I it's been um, an I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, make sure people know more about you because there's probably some people who are clueless, clueless, and that's part of our podcast is to educate people on what the hell's going on. That's there,
1: my dude. role. Clueless is my role.
0: Okay, Mister Clueless, right there. But okay, let me so
2: get the blonde wig.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that you know, that,
2: blonde that
1: was twenty years
0: ago. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not
1: waiting. I, I don't want to see that shit. Okay. <laughs> Thursday nights. <laughs> that's
2: cool. Oh, sorry, Nick. Week. Oh, damn it, that's weekend, Nick. Oh. Yeah. <laughs>
0: now, hopefully, we didn't keep you up too late. We appreciate it.
2: No, you're all good. Do you know what? I've actually i've i've um I've had the most amazingly productive day. Well That's good. Um, it's been really good. Um, and uh, yeah, and uh, I actually had a meeting with the electrician about fixing things today. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thanks. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. It was fun to meet you.
2: Pleasure. I'll, been- I'll
0: see you on Twitter, dear.
2: Oh, bless you guys. Uh, Take you too. I can't wait to come to KC. I've got so many people to come and visit.
0: Yeah, Woody Bonds. <laughs> For God's sakes.
2: Woody. Oh my god. How's he doing? How's
0: he's he doing? well. Woody's yeah. well. He just yeah. hit 40. Did he?
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, he's a baby.
1: <laughs> I, I saw that on I saw that on they? Facebook. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I remember 40 it was awesome long time ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it wasn't that long for me. I <laughs> mean, for you. Yeah. That's for fine. you. That's it's fine. not that long for ago for me. <laughs> All
0: right, my dear. We'll see you. Thank you. Tell mom how hello.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, brother. Take care now. Bye.
0: You've been listening to Beers with Nigel, a show about beer and other stuff hosted by me, Nigel Woodbury, and that other guy, Nick Barker. Beers with Nigel is poured for you by Dire Oil Graphics, providing bumper-to-bumper graphic design, promo products, and print services. Find them at direoil.com. Beers with Nigel is a proud member of the Fredcast Network and available on all of your favorite podcast flavors. Find Beers with Nigel on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and ask Alexa to play the Beers with Nigel podcast.